Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Church, welcome to the building. Welcome to the people out in overflow. Uh, God is on the throne. He is indeed risen. We do not search for God among the dead because he's among the living. Amen. How many of you are among the living today? All right, you're here, but are you alive? Amen. You are alive. And he is worthy of all praise, all honor, all glory, all the time. All the time, 24-7, 365, he is worthy. Amen. Well, we've got about a dozen people that have registered to be baptized, and we're going we're gonna to be doing that in a, a few moments. And, and I, I, we, are, we have made it available for those of you who have not yet uh, been water baptized, that you could do that today on this Easter day. You could go ahead and, and just mark this day as the day that you publicly identify with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. Um, you can mark that time today. And uh, we have a change clothes for you, or we've had people in the past who actually said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just get baptized in these clothes and, that I have on, and, and that's whatever, you know, it's up to you on how you want to express that. So you all ready to get into the Word? Yeah. Are really? Are you sure? Yeah. Ready, ready for that Word to get into you? Ready for it to get all up in your business. Renew your mind, step on your toes, make some adjustments. That's why we all need it, right? We all need it. We need to be washed with the water of the word. We need to be corrected by it, encouraged by it, admonished by it, taught by it. That's what the word does. It's a living word. It's not a dead word, just like we serve the living God, who is the Emmanuel God with us, Jesus, the living word of God himself. Amen. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you so much for today. It's the day that you have made, and we rejoice and are glad in it. You are risen, and we thank you. We thank you for this day, God, that we celebrate your goodness and your grace, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that you bore your sins in our body on Calvary's cross, and we thank you for that. And we ask you now, God, that you would grace us to mix this word with faith, that not only would we mix it with faith, God, but we would put it into action so that your word does not return void in our life. But it bears fruit, and that fruit remains, and we so prove to be your disciples and glorify you, our Father in heaven. We ask for this grace in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. Now I want to jump into John chapter 20. Jesus has been crucified, he's been buried, and now he's risen. And the, uh, uh, the disciples are going to go. Uh, they hadn't fully been able to do all they wanted to do to prepare his body. And uh, they're going to go back to, to take care of that business to the tomb. And, well, they found out something. They still didn't quite fully comprehend and understand all that Jesus was trying to teach them while he was on the earth. They still were believing that the Messiah would come and do away with the Roman tyranny and set up the kingdom on earth 
in their time, in their space. And uh, he, they weren't quite getting it. And so we pick it up in John chapter 20. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. It's going to check one more time. <laughs> Maybe he's playing hide-and-seek or something. I don't know. And saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. You would imagine that moment. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus until he heard his voice. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him. And I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. You know, you knowing and hearing Jesus call your name is the most important time that your name will ever be called. Do you realize that? <laughs> the, the moment you hear him call your name is the most important time your name will ever be called. And she, when he spoke Mary, he, she knew. She turned to him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. I'm going to title this Easter message, Do You See Clearly Now? Do you see clearly now? How many of you remember the song? I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. God is wanting a people who see clearly. God is wanting a people who don't just observe a thing, but encounter something. There are a lot of people making observances all throughout the week and all throughout the world. They're observing a time and a date and a historical fact, but many of them aren't encountering the living God. 
They've, they're celebrating Easter, they're observing Easter, but it hasn't impacted their lives. It, it's not going to change it when they go back to work Monday morning. They'll go back into the routine and life will go on as usual. God is looking to encounter you and he's looking for you to encounter him. Now, I have some pictures up here and I'm going to ask you, what do you see? Does anyone see a face? Let me see your hand if you see a face, okay? How many of you see like an Eskimo? How many of you only see one, but not both? There's see, some of you are not seeing clearly now. They're both there. They're, they're both there. Uh, how many of you have ever seen those uh, pictures where if you'll stare in the middle, you know, you just keep staring and then, or like a dot or something, and then all of a sudden a dolphin will pop out or whatever they've done. That is amazing. And then there, yet there are people who will stare and stare and stare and never see it ever. Let's go to another one here. How many of you see like this lady with the big nose and a bonnet on? Like a wart thing right here on the... All right, how many of you see a young girl with a bonnet? How many of you see them both? Yeah, they're both there. Uh, let's do one more. Just How many of you see a pedestal? Anyone see two faces staring at each other? <laughs> they're both there, aren't they? It's amazing how we can look at something and not see it, or we can look at something and really see it. And that's what I want to talk about. If we were just to read the English and not go in a little deeper, we would not fully comprehend what was written, what we just read. Because there are three different Greek words that are used for the word see or saw. It's, they're different, and I want us to walk through those this morning. There are three types of seeing, and John... 20 verse 5, there's the word blepi, which means to saw. It means a partial viewing from the entrance. It means to acknowledge. He simply stood at the entrance and acknowledged, okay, I see it. The tomb's empty. Mary, you're right. I see it. I acknowledge it. There's no faith here involved. There's just simple observation. The second word is theori. It's found in verse 6. It means to behold something astounding, perceive and look with scrutiny. That's what Peter did when he went in. He went on in and he goes, oh, sure enough, I mean, that's amazing. I wonder what happened here. So he, he's, he's observing and seeing and he's beginning to develop maybe a theory. I wonder, wonder who stole his body. I wonder what happened. How did the tomb get open? And there are people who are still in that state. They're... They're looking at, yeah, you know, there may be something to this. I'm happy for you if you believe it. I mean, it makes you a better person. It's okay. I'm just not there yet. But then there's the third word that's used. It's horeho. It's found in verse 8 where John went back in because he saw Peter went in and like, and then John went back in and says he saw and he believed. It means to see with the eyes, to see with the mind, to perceive and to know, to see, i.e. become acquainted with by experience, to experience, to see to the point of belief. And that's where salvation comes in. That's where salvation comes in. When you see to the point of belief, okay, I see and I've experienced the living God. 
I'm here as a witness and a testimony that God is real, that Jesus has risen from the dead. I'm here to testify to you that it's an experience with the living God through Jesus Christ that a man is born again. In fact, Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. You can't even see the kingdom of God. It won't make any sense to you. And I'm here to also testify to you that baptism will not save you. Baptism will not save you. How do I know? Because I was baptized. I was baptized and I didn't, I was not born again. I went down into the water. What I discovered was I went into the water a dry center. I came out a wet center. How do I know? Because I kept on sinning. I kept on sinning right after that. And I didn't know God personally. I had not encountered Jesus. I had a little bit of religion. I had a little bit of knowledge and understanding. But I had not seen and believed to the point of being born again and becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus. You see, that's what God is after on this resurrection Easter weekend. He's after a people who will encounter him. He's after a people who will receive him and become a child of God. There's not a ritual that you can go through that will make you a child of God. You must be born again. And that's good news. Because then it's not dependent upon you. On what you've done and the boxes you check off. No, 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 no. You are totally dependent upon the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary's cross. When he said it's finished. It's done. And when it's finished and it's done, there's nothing more to add to it. It's finished and it's done. And we are not saved by our merits. We are saved by the merit of God who died on the cross for us. That is good news today. We can do away with all our religious duties because we believe in the risen Christ. Now you say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? I said, you mean we don't have to feed the poor? We don't have to clothe the naked? No, 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 no. You, no, we don't have to, but guess what? We get to because now we've encountered the living God who is now wanting to do that through our lives. He is Because he first loved us, we love him back. And out of love, we want to be obedient to the one who gave his life for us. It's what my son was sharing about us. I, we do this out of willingness, not out of ought, not out of should. Like, don't should on me. That's not original with me. I heard it from someone else. Blame them for putting it in my mind. We get to. He's the living God. I don't have to be here today. I want to be here today. I don't have to lift my hands and worship. I want to. I don't have to bow my knees and worship. I get to. It's, he's the living God. I've been saved. I've been born again. I've been cleansed and forgiven of all my sins. And I was a rascal. Maybe not as much of a rascal as some of you all. <laughs> but my sin was still a sin. And it separated me from God. And Jesus gave his life for me. Opened my eyes and let me see. Pulled back the veil. It's amazing. The only regret I have. The only regret I have. Of becoming a believer in Jesus. Is that I hadn't done it sooner. That's the only regret. Honest. I stand before you. Honest to God. It's the only regret. That I didn't know him sooner. But I'm thankful 
that in his mercy he came to me and opened my eyes and I pray that you'll sense his mercy today for your life if you've not fully opened your heart to him. He loves you. He loves you so much that he died on the cross for you. And we celebrate that today. We celebrate the gift of God through Jesus. You see, there are three responses that all of us can have to the resurrection, to Easter, to all of this. We can acknowledge that, yeah, there are people who believe that. And we can develop theories about it. Yeah, well, you know, it's like if it helps you, that's good. Or they probably stole the body. He probably never really died. Let's develop a theory about, you know, resuscitation. He was not fully dead. He put him in the tomb. The coolness of the tomb began to re resuscitate his body. You know, probably the disciples came and killed the Roman cohort and somehow bribed him to roll the stone away and let him out. And they've taken his body and they're, you know, purporting this foolish nonsense of resurrection. Or you can perceive and believe. That's, those are your choices. You can perceive and believe. You see, the stone, the stone was rolled away from the tomb not to permit Christ to come out, but to enable the disciples to go in. Do you all know Jesus didn't need the stone to get out of the way to get out of the grave? <laughs> like, he did not need that. He got out. He proved that when he was, uh, the disciples were gathered in a room and uh, he just kind of came, he, well, he's called the door in the Bible, so he just became his own door. <laughs> just walked through and shazam, here I am, guys. <laughs> Hope, they're scared to death. Peace, peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but peace as I give. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Amazing. You see, the question for each of us today is how do we respond to the resurrection? How do you respond to the resurrection? The resurrection did not produce the same thing in everyone present. Some fled in terror. I'm out of here. This is too much for me to handle. I'm getting out of here. Some were bribed to lie. The Roman soldiers were bribed to lie that they'd come and stolen the body. Look, if they don't do this. And so they took a bribe. Some doubted. Thomas doubted. Thomas, who said, hey, guys, I, uh -uh, unless I can put my hand where his scars were, if I could see him and touch him, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus, in his mercy, came to Thomas, met him where he was at, and said, Thomas, here, here are my scars, and here's my hand. It's me, Thomas, my resurrected body. Do you believe now? Yes, I believe. And he goes, blessed are those who believe and yet do not see. And then there are those who worshipped and believed. They worshipped and they believed. I pray all of us will fall into that camp. All of us will personally come into that camp. You see, God doesn't have any grandchildren. You all know that. He only has children. <laughs> you don't get born again, you know. It's only one by one. One soul, one heart saying yes to this amazing love. Yes, Jesus, I need to be saved. Yes, I need to be forgiven. Yes, I need to turn from my way. And I turn to you the living way. I want your life. I want it. I need it. In closing, I want to share this story. Um, 
It's a modern day parable. No evidence that this actually happened, but I love the meaning behind it. It's, it's a parable to bring about a point. There once was a fabulously wealthy man who loved his son above all things. To stay close to his son, they began to build an art collection together. Every spare minute, they were out at auctions and sales acquiring rare works of art, everything from Picasso to Raphael. By the time the Vietnam conflict broke out, they built one of the rarest, most valuable collections in the world. A letter came one day informing the son he had been drafted. The father offered to pull some strings, but the son felt compelled to serve his country as his father and grandfather did before him. The son went off to war, but he wrote his dad every day. One day the letter stopped. The father's worst fears were realized when he received a telegram from the war department informing him his son had been killed while attempting to rescue another soldier. About six months later, there was a knock at the door. A young soldier with a large package under his arm said, Sir, you don't know me, but I am the man your son saved on that fateful day he died, deep in the jungles of Vietnam. He had already saved many lives that day, and he is, was carrying me off to a battlefield. He was shot through the heart and died instantly. Your son was my friend, and we spent many a lonely night in the country talking about you and your love of art. The young soldier held out his package and said, I know this isn't much, and I'm not much of an artist, but I wanted you to have this painting I've done for your son as I last remember him. The father tore open the package, gazed at the portrait of his one and only son. He said, you have captured the essence of my son's smile in this painting. I will cherish it above all others. The father hung the portrait over the mantle. When visitors came to home, his home, he always drew attention to the portrait of his son before he began to show his other works of art. When the father died, the news went out that the entire collection was being offered at an exclusive private auction. Collectors and art experts from around the world gathered for the chance of purchasing one of them. The first painting on the auction block was the soldier's modest rendering of his son. The auctioneer pounded the gavel and asked someone to start the bidding. The sophisticated crowd scoffed and demanded the Van Goghs, the Rembrandts, and to be brought forth. The auctioneer persisted, who will start the bidding? 200, 100. The crowd continued to turn up their noses, waiting to see the more serious paintings. Still, the auctioneer solicited, the sun, the sun, who will take the sun? Finally, a squeaky voice from the back said, I'll bid $10 for the sun. The bidder was none other than the young soldier who had he had died saving. He said, I didn't come to buy anything, and all I have is $10 to my name, but I bid it all. The auctioneer continued seeking a higher bid, but the angry crowd began to chant, sell it to him, and let's get on with the auction. The auctioneer pounded the gavel and sold the painting for the bid of $10. An eager buyer from the second row bellowed, finally on with the auction. And just then the auctioneer said, the auction is now officially closed. The hostile crowd demanded to know how after coming all this way could they possibly close this auction. The president of the auctioneering company came forward. He said, when I was called to conduct this auction, I was told of a stipulation in the will. I could not divulge until now, according to the wishes of the deceased, 
Only the painting of the sun would be sold today, and whoever takes the sun gets it all. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and so he said with a final gavel, the auction is closed, and the crowd sat in stunned silence as the young man inherited everything. And there's the truth of this story. If you take the son, you get everything. You get eternal life. You get forgiveness. You get eternity in heaven. You get pleasures at his right hands if you take the son. But if you reject the son, you get none of it. And Jesus offers his life for you. Will you give your life to him? That's the question. I want you to stand with me if you would, please. You see, 1 John, go back to the scripture. 1 John 5 tells us, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Here's the truth. You are going to be dead longer than you're going to be alive on earth. That's the absolute truth. 70, maybe 80. Just read about someone who's 106. Not too many people live beyond that. You'll be dead longer than you will have ever been alive here on this earth. And so the question is, what plans have you been made, have you made for your forever? What plans have you made for your forever? Oh, don't say to me, I've got plenty of time to consider this. No, you don't. You never know what the day may bring forth. I just read this past week about a 62-year-old pastor. He's a pastor. He's, he pastored for years, and then he started a missions agency, and he was going around to his denominational churches to, to preach and share the news and to raise awareness and finances for his mission. And on his way to his a preaching assignment, a 30-some-year-old person was driving under the influence in the wrong way, ran into him and killed him, didn't even make it to his assignment. You don't know, none of us know what tomorrow may bring forth. We don't live in a morbid state, but are you ready? Are you ready to meet your maker? Have you made peace with God? Those are questions we need to talk about and we need to ponder because today's the day of salvation. Don't put off the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. You see, the resurrection is a historical fact. Pontius Pilate was a historical figure that can be verified. The resurrection is evidence that there is life after death. Salvation is not what you can do for God, but you receiving what God has done for you. Easter is a day that changed everything. The question is, have you made the decision to let it change you? Well, it changed my dad, and it changed my mom, and my grandpa speaks of it, and my grandmother, and my aunt, and my uncle, and my cousins, but not, that's great. But what about you? <laughs> you see, the first recorded question that God asked mankind after the fall into sin was, where are you? Adam, where are you? Now, God, Google had not gone down. Fiber had not gone down. His GPS was not, it, it hadn't stopped working. Y'all understand that. God wasn't saying, Adam... Where are you physically at? I can't find you. No, Adam, where are you? What have you done, Adam? 
What's going on? What's happened? Who told you you were naked? Come on, confess it. Get real. And see, until we're ready to get real, change isn't going to happen. Until we're done playing, nothing's going to change. It's time to get real. It's time to quit playing. God wasn't playing when Christ died on Calvary's cross. He demonstrated his love for you and me. You say, how do I know God loves me? Look to Jesus. Look to the cross. It's right there. It's right there. Well, he didn't give me my new house. Hey, listen. (laughs) So where are you today? Bow your head with me, if you would, please. Ponder this for a minute. Just in a reverent way. Where are you today? Do you see clearly now? How clearly are you seeing? Do you just have a partial view of simple acknowledgement? Do you behold something astounding and develop a nice theory about it? Or do you see to the point of belief? I'm going to give you the opportunity for everyone in this room, everyone in the overflow. If you know in your heart of hearts that you've not made your peace with God, you know in your heart of hearts that you've not been born again, you may have acknowledged, you may have even participated in some things, but your, your life hasn't changed. And today you want that change to come. Today you want to know you're forgiven and you want a personal relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you right now, just lift your hand. Just lift it up as saying, listen, I, today's the day. There's hands going up throughout this room and I just give you a moment. By lifting your hand, you're just saying, I'm agreeing with what's happening in my heart. And I'm saying, God, I need you in my life. I want you. I need to be forgiven. For those of you that raised your hand, I want to share this promise with you. The promise is to as many as received him, meaning Jesus Christ, he gave the right to become a child of God. You don't become a child of God by joining this church. You don't become a child of God by going through some course. You become a child of God by opening your heart in repentance to Jesus Christ and to him alone as the Lord of your life. I want to lead you in a prayer. And if you'll pray this prayer from your heart, you can have the promise of John chapter 1 verse 12. You can have the promise of becoming born again and a new creation in Christ. And I want to invite those of us who have received Christ to pray this prayer with them as a prayer of confession and agreement. Pray this with me out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I am in need of forgiveness. And today I repent and ask you to forgive me of all my sins, of all my wrongdoings. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And from this day forward, I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. And I ask you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to live your resurrected life in me and through me and I thank you Jesus for hearing my prayer in your name I pray amen and amen can we give honor and glory we give him praise for those of you that prayed maybe you returning to God or maybe you're turning to God for the first time we celebrate with you we rejoice with you 
Because the Bible says there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 who don't need to be in repentance. There's a great celebration going on in heaven. And for those of you that prayed, we have, after this service is over, and I know we have a large crowd in here, but I encourage you to make your way over to our Fresh Start area. It's to my right and to your left, and there are some people that will answer any questions you might have or definitely want to put a book in your hand called Fresh Start. It'll help explain some of the things that you said yes to today. And I encourage you, if you don't have a home church, we'd love for you to come and join us in our journey. None of us are perfect here. And that won't happen until Jesus returns or we go to be with Him. But we're on a journey, and we've said yes to Him. We're seeking to walk with Him in humility and in love the way that He walked on the earth. And we'd love to walk in that journey with you. Some of you are here now, and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be baptized. And I said yay to that look if you want to be baptized today if you just want to go ahead and say I'm not I'm done with excuses or tradition or whatever like I know it's my time you can just make your way begin to make your ways we begin to sing back to the sound booth and there will be people there that will instruct you on where you can change or if you want to be baptized and close your in you're welcome to do that can we give God glory for what he's doing in our midst amen and so if you want to be baptized, you didn't plan on being baptized, but now's your time. Go ahead and make your way. I'm going to go over. I'm going to take my jacket off. And we're going to baptize these people that have said yes to Jesus. And they're coming forth with their confession of faith. Amen.